friends, and welcome to There's No People Like Show People, the podcast that connects and reconnects the theater community, inspires hope, and strives to help people not feel so alone. I am your host, Sarah Philibon. Good morning, listeners, and welcome back to Yet another fun, yes, I'm saying sometimes it's lovely, sometimes it's exciting, but today it is a fun episode (laughs) of There's No People Like Show People. Before we get to our next guest, I wanted to take a moment to talk a little bit about the Round Barn Theater. Now, the Round Barn Theater uh, was part of Amish Acres, which was run by the Pletcher family, and they were in business for 50 years years. It is located in beautiful Amish country in northern Indiana in Napanee and I had the pleasure of spending I would say a good chunk of my 20s there just doing a million shows, growing as a human being, growing as an art, choreographing, direct create, working with kids, performing, just a million wonderful opportunities. The property is still in existence. It is not Amish Acres anymore. Uh, The Pletcher family decided to retire and sell. They they kind of broke up the property into pieces. And the Round Barn Theater is still there under new management. But the reason why I wanted to talk about this today is because I met our next guest at the beautiful Round Barn Theater. Oh, man. I can't even remember. Like several, several years ago. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, We have actually, we've done so many shows together, and we have played opposite each other, which I think is just so special. Oh, yes. So special. So welcome to the podcast, Travis Bird. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, no. The the honor and and pleasure is all mine. How, How are you? today oh I'm doing great uh I'm loving that I'm getting to work and uh keep doing theater even with the Mm -hmm. pandemic going on yeah getting to work with people I love to be around so it's it's really good oh yeah I feel like these days any sort of theatrical uh project that you get and it doesn't matter what it is yeah it is like so lucky and and I mean I feel so grateful that I was able to work on a couple of shows in the middle of the pandemic, because with all the crazy things that are going on in the world, mm-hmm. it's it's always theater that is my anchor. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I remember last year when the pandemic first started, uh, we were in the middle of Run For Your Wife here at Myers Dinner Theater, and uh, we had to stop. We We had to stop a week early, didn't get to finish. Uh, and we all just kind of went home and I remember feeling like, okay, theater is not all of me, but it is a huge mm-hmm. part of who I am, what I get up for in the morning, you know, yeah. and, uh, figuring out that new way to feed that to feed that yearning to do something, you know, uh, got to do a reading, uh, with socially distanced, uh, socially distanced actors, um, out of Portland and we did Clue, you know, and uh, so we got to do that over Zoom and got to do a kids camp in Goshen Theater, uh, and teaching those kiddos and watching them also figure out like, okay, I'm dancing, by myself in my living room, but this is cool. This is fine. I'm still <laughs> working. I'm still part of something, you yeah. know? Uh, it, it just, theater didn't die. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm so happy coming into 2021 and we're still here. Right. Like it's still thriving. People are still on Zoom. Things are still getting broadcast, you know? Yeah. And it's so important. Well, I know, you know, because of Zoom and Skype and FaceTime and things like that, we are, I think it is a miracle. It's almost kind of, it's, yes, it is science and technology, but it's also kind of like wizard magic. Yes. (laughs) Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. Um, You know, and for me, 
I, uh, I'm one of those humans that I don't like to hear myself. I don't like to watch recordings of myself. Uh, um, I, I still get, uh, yes, ma'am, or hello, little girl, is your parent home? Like when, <laughs> when I get a phone call from somebody, I'm like, oh, uh, I'm I'm 30 and uh, I'm I'm a tenor. I'm I'm so sorry. Uh, yeah, my my voice is higher. So I didn't know if I would fit into that mold. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. it, it made me very nervous. I was like, oh no, what what do I push? Like I'm all right with technology, but I'm glad somebody else is normally at the helm. Like controlling mixing and right. editing and doing all of that stuff because without those techie people i mean it that didn't change like i've always felt that way even in the theater mm -hmm. that the tech staff and the stage managers and the costumers and everybody they're so important and even they were able to find their connection into this new world of doing things over zoom which yeah. i also think is absolutely magical yeah. like okay we can still have everybody come mm -hmm. and show up and be a part of right well and it's also how i am able to record this podcast mm -hmm. um you know i've recorded literally with people all over the world yeah. and and once you upload the episode and you broadcast it i mean i've got listener it shows you where where people are listening and i've got listeners in the uk listeners in spain oh. listeners in canada mexico like japan like literally all over the place and, and i love that me too and like half the time i don't know who they are you know, like, <laughs> like, you know, like I, if, if you are an international listener I just want to say thank you so much for, so cool yeah it, 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 it's really really neat I have all these people who are downloading and, and listening uh, globally and that's the thing is that the theater community is global so yes. we are everywhere and we're just trying to make it work Mm -hmm. in this really difficult time. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you, where are you from? Where did you, I'm pretty sure you grew up in Indiana. Yes. Yes, yes I did. And how did you get into theater and what's the first show that you did? Well, um, I grew up in Decatur, Indiana. And uh, the very first show I ever did that was not um, only school-based uh, was at church. And uh, I grew up in the church. <laughs> uh, when I was seven years old, my grandmama said, okay, you're going to come and be a part of the church choir. And I did a Christmas show cantata. And uh, they ended up, I, I just was a part of the show. We were all in this Christmas tree singing these hymns and doing this beautiful show. And I was like, oh, this is Fun. This is so much fun. So um, then it just kept kind of building from there. And uh, teachers started noticing. And it just kind of kept snowballing. Mm -hmm. So I was asked to come and start doing shows at the high school when I was a little one. They were like, okay, this child, come here. <laughs> and we're going to use you. Uh, and that, that was just the start of it. Now, my... Um, I uh, studied vocal performance in college. Um, I was going to be a music education major, and I just realized that I love teaching, but the the thought of doing it every single day and the politics of it with parents, I was like, mm, maybe not. I kind of like my humans in orchestra length away, <laughs> like out in the audience. Just, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I kind of backed away from that a little bit and it was fun doing opera. It taught me a lot about my voice, but uh, my very first professional gig, I uh, did a local call uh, and I drove an hour and 40 minutes to Amish Shakers, mm -hmm. <laughs> to the Round Barn Theater. I walk into this room and I meet this brilliant man named Jeremy Littlejohn. <laughs> fell in love immediately. For the first time in my life, I didn't feel too gay. I didn't feel too fat. Mm -hmm. I walked in that room and I was looked at like I was a human, which was huge. It was absolutely huge. And that set me on the path 
of Round Barn Theater becoming my home base for almost six years. Yeah. You know, and my very first professional gig was Footloose. And I had a blast. <laughs> you know, that theater bug had always been there. It was everything to me. Mm -hmm. um, I was in marching band. I was in show choir. Did the musicals in school. Um, did the cantatas. Was on worship team. Taught kiddos. So all of that just kind of helped mold me into this happy little bubbly Thing that walks in the room and I I often tell people um, you know some people not everybody likes you but if most people can at least at the bare minimum say they're a hard worker and they're a teddy bear I'm I've done my job you know that's what matters to me yeah. I, I it's not that I need everyone to like me I need them to know that I'm a hard worker mm -hmm. and that I'm here to work. Yeah. You know? Well, and, and I, I know that about you. <laughs> yes, same. <laughs> oh my gosh, I've been through your choreography rehearsals. <laughs> Woo! You want to talk about some sweating? <laughs> Zumba ain't got nothing on your choreography, honey. <laughs> you know, that's, that's funny because uh, other people have also br br brought that up in, in oh. these episodes. Um, <laughs> And I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm just trying to make everybody, you know, look good mm -hmm. and, and look their best. And, and, you know, and I just won't settle for anything less than that. And no. so I'm like, if we need to do this 20 more times until it's where it, it, it needs to be for, mm -hmm. for the day, then that's, you know, then that's what we'll do. Exactly. Which I, I love. I love being pushed. I love being taught. Um, I regularly tell JLJ... I'm a sponge. I don't mind that you're talking. I'm listening, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that's why I was kind of nervous about doing this because I really don't talk that much. I'm actually quite a quiet human, uh, <laughs> uh, kind of a extroverted introvert. You mm -hmm. know, I've learned how to recharge, <laughs> uh, but you know, I still like to have fun and be with people because I love theater people mm -hmm. they're so interesting yes and and you and I have talked about this many times where it's you don't see somebody for a couple years and then all of a sudden they walk in the door and it's like everything floods back in and you're like oh my gosh I missed you <laughs> how are you where have you been yeah you know I think the you know in other professions, there isn't sort of like the closeness and, and intimacy that is in the theater community right. and theater. I mean, you don't go to work and you know you don't have a you don't all change clothes together. Right. You don't all you know. So it's and um, you're not cooking meals together. Yeah. And, and trying to use the same washer and dryer and right. same bathroom when all of you are trying to get to call at the same time. You know. Right. It's so different. Yeah. It's it's definitely a community of people yes and it is always where I have felt where I most belong oh yes and, and fit in mm -hmm. because I think that there you know and I know that we still have work to do on this mm -hmm. as as a community and as a theater community but it is getting better as time about being inclusive yes and be, you know and like including everybody and it doesn't matter where you're from or what you look like or yeah. who you are or you know it's like come to the theater and we love you and let's all just do a show together yeah and there's nothing more vulnerable mm -hmm. there's really not that's the other thing that I think brings us all so close together is we're taking off our skin and putting on someone else mm -hmm. that's not us even if yeah, I'm playing Howard right now in the show and he's nervous and he freaks out about things, which is very much me, but so far from me because he's straight, he's engaged to a beautiful woman. Um, and in my personal life, I may walk in one day in high heels and a pretty blouse, and the next day I'm way, I may walk in with a full beard and flannel. You know, <laughs> like, and uh, so that that's been another part about becoming inclusive mm -hmm. um, in this world where 
we're standing up for so many things now that have just been brushed under the rug for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's racism or um, Bible thumping or uh, telling somebody, well, you were born like this, so you should be this. Yeah. Uh, no, that's yeah. not how the human brain works. It's not how the human heart works, and I'm sorry, but science is real. Uh, sorry to anybody who took offense to that, but also not sorry. Um, so it's it's become a very different fight. Um, like I'm I'm now coming into my I'm 30 years now, 30 years old, and a few years back I uh, met a gentleman. A trans gentleman that really opened my eyes for the first time and he was like have you ever thought about who you actually are because for years I've talked about being a curvy woman mm-hmm. and and you know one of my dream roles is Ursula Mary Sunshine you know I want to do Sweeney Todd but I want to be Mrs. Lovett you know what I <laughs> yes. mean like um so Realizing that that doesn't just translate into theater took me a long time to come to terms with. Um, recently, in the past couple of years, I've come out as gender fluid, mm-hmm. started using they, them pronouns. But watching the theater community go, not everyone, but go gung-ho on that. Of, okay, well, you want they, them pronouns? Great. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the checking in with people and being like, how do you want your name in the program? Before we even started today, you were like, what pronouns? Do you want me to call you TJ? Do you want Travis Bird? You know? Right. Um, and for me, I uh, TJ is a combination of the two parts of me. So Travis Bird is my male uh, persona, it's my theater name, but then Jordan Bird is the other half of me. Mm-hmm. So we combined those, my dad and I did, because he was like, what do I call you? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and I was like, TJ, let's just combine it and that'll be easy. Yeah. Then you're not having to figure out, okay, he came in in flannel today, or, oh, she's wearing a dress today, you know, just simplify and just the simple act of you checking in with me before we started this is huge that that wouldn't have happened four years ago right even three really you know it's the the inclusiveness on that front is humongous Mm -hmm. um the front that really needs to catch up though is um people of color they have got to be treated with more respect. Um, yeah. They, you know, I, I talk a lot about like colorblind casting and stuff like that. Um, I, I think that they're coming up with a, a different term for that now, which I cannot think of at the moment. But I don't care if I'm playing a white mother or father and my wife is... Um, of Asian descent and my child one of my children is African American or whatever the mixture is if they're right for the part and it it, it's important to be inclusive like that Mm -hmm. you know and also including trans people and and, uh, women who aren't trans being able to play guys I mean in opera Women have played boys for years, and, and nobody is batted an eye. And vice versa. And vice versa. Who cares? Exactly. Yeah. As far as I am concerned, yeah. and, and that's where I always have an asterisk, I do not want to see a white guy play Sebastian. That's not what I'm saying here. Mm-hmm. Or, or watch a white Porgy and Bess. No. Not, not what I'm nope. saying here yeah. at all, which I want to clarify. Yes. But I don't care about how the family is made up. What I care about when I go to the theater is feeling something mm-hmm. and enjoying myself. 
And if that young man in the corner can sing the heck out of Miss Lovett, do it. You know, right. like, that that's a huge... I keep just pushing for that because everybody has a place in theater. Everybody. Let, let's say that everybody. again. Everybody. Everybody has, has a place in theater. theater. <laughs> you know? And... And um, I'll take it even one more step. Yeah. Every body. Yes, body. Body. All shapes and sizes. Oh, that struggle. Yeah. Well, that was going to be my <sighs> next question, or what, is, what are some things that you have really struggled with when it comes to this career? Um, so I have really struggled with my body image and my body size. Um, I think the worst place in the world to be is in the meet and greet line. Mm -hmm. um, like, for example, when I was doing Guys and Dolls, uh, I had to get up on a table, and that became my ship that went through for Sit Down Your Rock and the Boat. I saw that show. I had so much fun. But a lady came through the receiving line, and she grabs a hold of my hand, and she goes... I didn't know if that desk would hold you, honey. <gasps> I was terrified the whole time. And if you oh. don't believe me, uh, you can ask Martin Flowers. You can ask Randa Meyer Henry. <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the people who were Ooh. in that meet and greet line with me were shocked. Uh, another guy came through and was shaking my hand and he goes, You're big. You oh. are big. You're so big. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so scared for you. You are so big. And I, these, these are just, that's just the tip of the iceberg. Um, I've had costumers look at me and go, well, how am I going to get you a costume right now? Do, how do they think that I have a costume that would fit you? That's ready. You know, like, these are things that have haunted me. Yeah, yeah. All of this makes me so angry. Yes. Like, I'm feeling, like, a, a quiet rage, <laughs> like, within my body, yes. right? Just, hear, like, hearing these things. Because, number one, that is not okay. No. It is so inconsiderate. Yes. It is so hurtful and painful. Yeah. Like, how does anyone think that these are okay things to say to anybody? Oh my goodness! One, one, and and uh, even to go to the other extreme here, okay? There, there are people who are very gorgeous human beings. Mm -hmm. um, I've watched them get their butts grabbed. Uh, I watched you yeah. have a program <laughs> put under your chest. Yeah, and you uh -huh. know what I mean. Oh, I like, know. Yeah, I know exactly I, what you it's mean. It's disgusting. Yeah. And I've also watched even more extreme people who. Uh, Women who don't have a butt or have breast or or guys who have small shoulders and and they're shamed yeah. for how their body looks like i I don't understand mm -hmm. um and i I know that the set designers and the costumers and the tech staff have a big job ahead of them. But I've never once heard a tech guy go, oh, well, they're, they're too big. They're going to break that. I've never had one of them say it to me. Okay, well... They, well, they add the extra wheels. Yeah. They go, all right, who's climbing on this? Yeah. Or a lot of costumers, like uh, the costumer that I'm working with currently, she has been the best costumer I've ever worked with. Sorry, everyone who has ever costumed <laughs> me before. Because I walked into my fitting and she goes, oh, we're going to play with fabrics. We're going to make you look great. And yeah. she took a Bible costume and put fur and Ooh. rope. And she used my shoulders and my hips yes. and just made me feel like a million bucks. Right. In what could have just been an oversized robe with a tie around. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. huge, huge things. Um, and they're, they're clothes. They're beautiful clothes that are pieced together for a human being. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't care if they are 100 pounds or 500 pounds. They're playing this role. Yeah. 
we got to build it. We got to support them. We got to make them look good, feel good, be mm -hmm. strong in their body. And it's not just the costumers, the builders, everybody, the artistic directors, the fellow actors. We got to support each other more. Yeah. That, yeah. you know, and a lot of times it's not an issue. But unfortunately, there are just enough of that group yeah. that makes it hard. Mm -hmm. And also, this shaming oh, of... yeah. It's Ooh, disgusting. It is. Whether it's about body or where we're working or whatever it is. Wouldn't it be better to band together and try to make things better? That's why I created this podcast. Yes. <laughs> Like, why are we, why are we like, ugh, I'm never going to work here again because of blah, blah, blah. Um, how about we come together and we try to make it better mm -hmm. and, and give it the good fight. If yeah. we don't, I, you know, I, uh, I used to get, uh, crapped on by people, uh, for working at Round Barn as so, long as I did. So did I. And I was like, but this is home. They have a good product. They have good people. I love these people, mm -hmm. you know, and these people would come in on these high horses and be like, Ugh, yeah. well, I guess this is your top. This is the best you're ever going to do. And I'm like, if that is, then so be it. Yeah. Because frankly, I'm working. I'm being paid to do what I love to do. I'm getting to create. I don't care where that is as long as I'm treated well, have good housing that I feel safe in, and I'm being treated with respect. If I'm getting those things, I'm happy. Mm -hmm. I am happy, and I'm getting to do what I love. And, and isn't that the most important thing in life? Yes. Is, is being happy and doing fulfilling work. Yes. Oh, man. I And... And the amount of people that I have met over the years that are just like, I'm not doing that. Whether it's sweeping a floor or moving a set piece or, oh, I don't have to move set pieces anymore. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, wh why would you even say that? Also, why are you gloating? Like, yeah. what What are you talking about? I, I thought this was a job. Aren't... aren't Aren't we here to work? You know, uh, that's another thing that drives me up the wall with some people. I'm like, I don't care if you're the lead in the show or the third tree from the left. All of us are here creating together. Mm -hmm. Get on board. Get on board. Because frankly, any of us could be out of a job at any moment. You can use, lose your lead. I could not fit in the tree. You know what I mean? Yeah. All of us are not more important than the other. Everybody matters. Yep. And <laughs> yes, uh, yes, yes. I one million percent <laughs> agree. Ooh. Agree. Yes. Because again, it doesn't matter if you are in a Broadway production mm. or, or you're doing a community theater production. Exactly. We're all doing shows. Yes. We all love theater. Mm -hmm. We're all working hard. And I will say half the time when, you know, you, I was just talking to somebody else about this, when you are doing a musical with lots of different kinds of people. Mm -hmm. So for example, Wizard of Oz or Mary Pot, where you, ha oh, you have kids, you have non-equity, you have locals, you have equity actors you you know what i mean like mm -hmm. we're all in the same show yes not like no one is better greater or less than or better than or worse than mm -hmm. or whatever like who can because half the time the 12 year olds are working harder uh -huh. and and are kinder people oh. than some of the adults are yes and I'm like, and that drives me nuts because mm -hmm. I'm like, hello, you are, a, you know, especially if you are a member of, and I, again, I have nothing against the union. I literally have nothing against Actors' Equity. I am right. AMC. Mm -hmm. I might be in the union one day. I don't know. Who right. knows? But there's been so many times when, unfortunately, there have been equity actors, I think, who just get a little too entitled. Mm -hmm. And maybe they've been in the business for too long. And they think that they are God's gift to theater. 
And sure, you of course you're very talented. Like that's why you got cast in the show. But it's modeling that attitude of humility, and mm-hmm. that attitude of being a team player, mm-hmm. and the attitude of uh, you know upholding and having a strong work ethic. Those are the examples that you should be giving and showing every single day in rehearsal and performance so that you can show the kids what it means to to be. And again, it does not equity, non-equity, whatever. I don't care. But you are setting an example for the younger generation. Absolutely. Of, you know, of theater lovers. Absolutely. I remember when I was on, on tour, pardon me with Missoula Children's Theater. Meeting those kids, I met 10-year-olds that have a harder work ethic than I do. <laughs> and I I was shocked. Yeah. You know, that, that gig is you show up, you audition, they're memorized by Wednesday, dress rehearsal is Friday, and you can have a show as early as that Friday night. And they get that script after school on Monday. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. this is an hour and 15 minute musical and they are memorized and ready to go and they are giving it everything. And I'm sitting here going, okay, this is great. <laughs> this is wonderful. This is, it, it's so refreshing. Um, yeah. And that's kind of what got me back into teaching a little bit. I was like, oh, Oh, kiddos, you guys are awesome, and you're funny, and you're cool, and they they get crapped on a lot for being lazy and this and that, and it's not true for the whole gamut. It's no. just not true. Well, and, and you know, the, yeah, the, the kids have always really inspired me uh, to work harder and, yeah. and to show up for them and be, you know, the, my best possible version of myself for them. Absolutely. I want to be an example to them. Mm-hmm. I think that's very important. Yeah. I also want to be an example for everyone around me all the time. Like, everybody has their faults. Everybody has their slip-ups. But I... I back to that teddy bear thing again. I just want to be remembered fondly. Even if you don't like me, I want to be somebody that you're like, okay, they're not my favorite person... However, you should hire them because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I would rather have that than have somebody be like, that diva. <laughs> oh my gosh. Never moved a set piece. Always showed up right at time on call. Always complained. Always complaining about everybody. <laughs> Backstabber. Caused the housing to go into an uproar. That I would cry. That would be like one of my worst nightmares. To have that right reputation. There. To have that reputation? Absolutely not. Yeah. And I always tell people, if somebody says that I am mean or or that, you know, I'm a B word, <laughs> um, believe them because they earned it. If they have done something to me that caused me to fight them, right. believe it. Believe what they tell you because that's not a normal thing for me. It's no. just not. And uh, yeah, you can back me up on this. You've known me yeah. for years oh, now. I mean, we've, so, we've done oh, so many shows. So together. many shows we together. Really and uh, you know, I I've been told many times that I am um, gracious to a fault. I love coming from the the school of. They made a mistake. They had a bad day. Let's see if this is them or if we can work past this. And it was a fluke. You know, everybody has those bad days. Yeah. Um, Yeah, random thought. (laughs) Random thought (laughs) on the podcast. And and I know that we've sort of been talking a lot about this already, Mm -hmm. but what are some of the ways, and and we've uh, both of us have thrown things out there already, (laughs) but I I always ask people, how do you want to see the theater world change coming out of this pandemic? Coming out of this pandemic, you better show up to work. Mm -hmm. Even during this pandemic, the people who have slid back into, like, they'll be on it for, like, the first week, and then it's like, eh, whatever. By the second week, I'm sitting here going, we are in a pandemic. <laughs> Literally, 
this is one of three theaters in the entire state that are currently open. And while I am not completely in love with Indiana, my home state, it is still home. Yeah. But three, if there's one thing that this state does, it's sports and music. Band, show choir, theaters, mm-hmm. out the wazoo, professional, semi-professional, community theaters in almost every city. You know what I mean? Three. Yeah. Check yourself. Also, what I want to see out of this pandemic is being more inclusive, which we talked about in depth earlier. Yeah. Be more inclusive. And I do mean the people... Forget about, well, they're a Republican. Why are they in theater? Forget about, oh, they're liberals. Ugh. Forget about that crap. Because frankly, nobody cares what you are outside of that theater. They care about that show. Can we please stop that? Stop cramming your Bible down my throat and telling me that I'm going to hell? Because I don't believe you. I also don't care who you vote for, what you vote for. I care about your character. Do you care for people? Are you racist? Are you homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic? If you're these things, you need to work on yourself, but come to work in that building. Another thing that I wanna see out of this pandemic is um, body positivity. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Huge. I, I, I'm sorry. If they're right for the part, get a costumer that is not afraid to clothe that 500-pound person or that 100-pound person. Yep. Or whether they're 6'7 or 4'8. <laughs> I don't care. If they're right for the part, they are right for the part. Make them feel right for the part. Yeah. Um, another thing is, and I talked about this a bit in Kevin's interview, um, learn more than just to be a pretty face or a good singer or, or good dancer. What else can you offer? Are you good with kids? Are you good with public relations? Um, are you good with props? Can you help the costume department? Uh, I have made uh, more money and more connections doing props, costume shop work, uh, going out and pulling sets and making friends with the technical directors and things, um, doing base coats on something, being there till 7 in the morning hot gluing things. Those are the memories that I hold on to forever. You know, there's nothing like it. Um... What more can you give in order to make yourself more useful and more hireable? Mm -hmm. And lastly, never forget about rehire. There are so many people in this industry that are blackballed or people, the first thing they go is they're crazy. (laughs) Watch out. Don't trust them. And I'm sitting here going, how are they still here? I don't care that they have a pretty voice. If you're walking around alienating the whole company, who do you think you are? Yeah. You know? Um, And we talked about that. Like, humble, humble people coming together to create art. That's what I want to live in. Mm -hmm. That's the world that I want to see in the theater. And this division of I'm EMC or I'm... I I am tired. I do not mind one bit being a regional theater artist yeah. or being a children's theater artist. I love every opportunity that I get, and I wish more people saw it that way. I really honestly do, because I I've said this before. I don't care where or how much I'm being paid. I want to do theater my whole life. Yep. And I know in my heart the only way that's going to happen is by learning to do more, being resourceful, 
being kind, showing up to work, and working my tail off. And hopefully that will lay the groundwork for people to want to work with me and call me on the phone. Be like, hey, we need a tenor for this. Or I'm kind of thinking about you for this role. What are you thinking? I, I, that's what I want. That's what I want out of this theater. Right. I, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely, I mean, really, you can kind of sum all of that up in, into three things, I, I think. It's yeah. number one, being a good, kind human being. Mm-hmm. Number two, having a strong work ethic. Mm-hmm. Every single day, doesn't matter what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And number three, being of service. And I, I think the, like, the four words that are so impactful and meaningful and really go such a long, far way is, how can I help? Yes. Yes. That's huge. Mm-hmm. That is huge. Um, I mean, it, it's been amazing coming full circle now with JLJ and working with him at another theater. Mm-hmm. Um, with that, he, that's he's talking about Jeremy Little. Yes, sorry, sorry. They're talking about Jer- Jeremy Little John, who is episode two of this podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. um, and and being trusted to do more. Um, and uh, he's trusted me with props and helping decorate sets. And uh, and I'm going to be a child wrangler this year because I love working with children, you know. But I want to help him because he's such a good guy mm-hmm. and he's such a hard worker. Like, I cut my teeth walking behind him and being a sponge. Yeah. You know? And a lot of what I'm saying are things that I've learned from him and from my teachers and from my voice instructors, all of them instilled in me to never lose my kindness and to just be useful, to be more. Because if you're not, there are a thousand other people in the room that also sing tenor and have a better body than me. And I know that I need to be more mm-hmm. you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that's, uh, i feel the same way well i usually the last question i ask uh, guests is yeah. do you have a favorite theater memory or story i mean there's i'm sure there are so many i have a bunch with you i know can i do one with you yes, because yes. i have so many oh yes please okay so we were doing happy days mm-hmm. and <laughs> I did not know at the time (laughs) that uh, you had a bun in the oven. Um, However, we went to do the slow dance. And we're just looking at each other in the eye. This is a woman that I have done many shows with. We love each other. But there was something different. And I'm slow dancing with her. And all of a sudden, I start crying. Crying. And I'm like, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> and a couple of days later, I find out she's pregnant. And I just remember like shooting through the roof. I was like, I knew something was different. I knew it. You know, and that's just one of a million, a million times that I have had little moments with you that are like, hi. How are you? Oh, you doing good? Okay, we're going to make it. We're going to do this. But I just will never forget that moment looking in your eyes and going, why am I crying right now? Um, but yeah, that that's like one of my favorite moments with you. Happy Days was so much fun to play opposite it, it of you. It really was. That's also my, <laughs> my same memory um, as well because it was such a... Well, yes, such a fun show, and I mean, I had just, like, I had done a million shows over the summer at Little Theater on the Square, Mm -hmm. I had just drove up to Napanee, (laughs) 
And I was choreographing Happy Days. I was playing uh, Marion Cunningham, and we played husband. You, you were Howard. Uh-huh. We were Howard and Marion Cunningham, who were like very well known, oh, yes. you know, famous, <laughs> like like iconic TV characters. Yes. Like everybody knows. No who they pressure. Are. Yeah, no pressure at all. <laughs> um, and I was so going into the show, choreographing the show, and then also I was going into Plain and Fancy. Yes. So like a lot of work, you know, doing performing in nine shows a week. And I, you know, get to, this was the end of August. It was super hot outside. Oh, yeah. So hot. And the air conditioning broke in my car. (laughs) And I remember it was only a four-hour drive up there from Illinois. And I just felt so sick. Oh. And I'm like, oh, it's it's just the heat, you know, like, I'll just get, the, it'll be fine once I get the air. Oh, no. And then I, like, got out of the car and, like, you know, vomited. <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, <laughs> I don't think that's normal. Like, <laughs> ah, I think, I think that it's more than just the heat here. But I remember when I told, like, I specifically remember this moment so well. It was after a show. It was a Sunday matinee. And I, like, because I was so hungry. Because, you know, when you're pregnant, you're like, you just want to eat all the time. <laughs> Hello, you're eating for two. And uh-huh. I got in the car. I drove to the Mexican restaurant. I was sitting there by myself. And you walked in. And I was like, I just have to tell you something. Uh-huh. And I told you, you were one of the first people that knew. Yes. <laughs> I told you that I was pregnant, and you literally, you burst into tears. I did. <laughs> you started crying in, in in the middle of the Mexican restaurant, and it was it was just like so sweet oh. and endearing. <laughs> oh man! Uh, oh, uh, another memory. Um, this one just happened last year, but it's it's pandemic related. I had a. I had um, done Big River at Round Barn Theater, mm-hmm. okay, and that was in August of the previous year, and I did not get to do a musical again until the following August for the ARC. The first music rehearsal, I cry a lot, the <laughs> first music rehearsal we went to was with Jacob Clanton and Martin Flowers, and we're doing this trio, and it was magical. I had forgotten what it was like to be a workhorse. You know what I mean? After mm-hmm. sitting still for six months, it, I'm telling you, when you get out there and you do your first show after coming out of quarantine, there is nothing like it. It, it reminds you of why you do what you do. So cool. So cool. Yeah, and I actually it's so all these shows that you've brought up, I like somehow I've seen them all. Like I, yes. I, I saw Big River because I was getting ready to. I'm pretty sure I was getting ready to direct Anne of Green Gables. Yeah, yeah. yeah we we crossed we, over. We've been passing ships in the night many times, where it's like the oh my god, you're here. Bye, love you. I'll hopefully see you again for a couple days at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we also, we played opposite in uh, Diary of Anne Frank. Yes. And like which that was, was really meaningful. Was so cool. Yeah. We're always ha- like looking back, <laughs> we're always having these very um, like tearful yes. moments to get a lot of yes. crying. <laughs> a lot of crying. A lot of crying. <laughs> but that's okay. Yes. You know, yeah. like crying Tears is... Tears are good. Yeah. Very healing. Oh, Yeah. Crying is good for you. Just let it out. Yeah. Let out. Yeah, if you haven't cried today, watch Steel Magnolias or Fried Green Tomatoes, whatever breads your butter, and cry. Just go have a we moment. We need it. We yeah. need it. I, I think uh, that, that that's very important to let those emotions out. Because I don't know about you, but I was so happy that, that Myers Center Theater is such a small, quaint venue that they were able to stay under the 25% and they're still doing shows, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I can't imagine what it's like for the people who don't have something like that, you know, who aren't able to work right now, who have been out of work for so long. Um, I'm, I'm so lucky. I'm so lucky that, that I had worked here and, and Jeremy was like, hey, I have some work for you if you'd like it. Uh, if not and you're worried, that's fine. He explained the whole protocol to me about what they were doing for COVID. And I felt safe, you know. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be here if I didn't feel like the actors and audience weren't safe. I, I would have I would have left. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and with my, my lovely father, 
who has been supportive. Uh, most people know him as Papa Bird. Um, he loves to cook for everybody. He's uh, over ambitious with his talking, and I, I love him. He's such a dad. Um, but with him being diabetic and everything, uh, I I knew I needed to go home and make sure I didn't bring anything home to him. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it's a it's a very different world we're living in. But I'm so happy to be a part of it and a yeah. part of the resurgence of theater getting back. A little bit more to normal but hopefully a better normal yeah i love papa bird oh papa bird we know you're listening right, yes. right now <laughs> we know that you are listening oh, yeah. on repeat <laughs> um just such a sweet kind man and he's such an inspiration to me he's been sober for 19 years now wow yeah that's amazing yeah that's an, and i am also sober yeah so. I think that is that is such um, a commitment. Oh yes, and it's a commitment every, every day. day, every day, every day, one day at a time. Yep, one day at a time. Keep coming back. Yep, that's right. Yep. Oh man, I just like <laughs> I am so grateful for our time together today. Thank you. So thank you so so much. Like I, I mean, I feel like I could cry right now. <laughs> I know. Because, because, well, I know this was such a beautiful conversation. And it was it was so nice to just get to sit down and hang out. Oh yeah. And chat about theater and life. And I feel like we this episode is so jam packed. Like we talked about so many things yeah. in this time together. So uh, thank you for being such a wonderful friend. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. And I I want to just close with a couple a couple thoughts. Um, no matter what your body is, you're beautiful. Um, make sure that your character matches who you are. You know, be a hard worker. Be good to people. Be good to yourself. If you need to go get that cheeseburger or that vegan salad, go get it. Go treat yourself. Um, also, um, to all the people who have supported me through the years, just thank you. And that's from teachers to family to friends. Um, All of you, thank you so, so much. And uh, if there are any LGBTQ plus people who are listening to this, um, you are valid. You count. You matter. It does get better. You have to fight for it, though. Don't forget that. And don't give up. Don't give up. Keep living. Keep living your honest truth. Yes. Keep pushing for it. You don't have to change for for nobody. No. Nobody has that power over you. It's your life. It's your body. And you deserve to be happy. Yes. Yes. Uh, Absolutely. Uh,